Uh, Let's pray together before we get into the Word of God. Lord, we love you. And God, we thank you for the opportunity to open the Scriptures and to let them speak to us. We thank you for the songs, God, we have sung. God, we thank you for uh, those that volunteer, God, within our church to help with sound and and, uh, and media and all of these things, God, that can be so uh, technical and difficult at times. And Lord, I'm thankful for them and their hard work to get things back up and running this morning. Uh, God, we uh, ask you in this moment to speak to us uh, through your word. Have your way in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. There was an eight-year-old little boy um, who decided one day to set out, and he purchased a six-pack of Coca-Colas for 25 cents. And he decided to start selling them door to door for five cents or five cents each. That's when this young fella got his start in business. As he got older, he grew into a teenager. And in his teenage years, he began to deliver newspapers. And he said as a teenager, he said that I, I want to make every customer feel like the most important person in the world. All of this led to later, as he grew into his adult years, he and his brother going into business for themselves in the restaurant industry. Later on, he would develop what we know today as the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. And Chick-fil-A now is a multi-billion dollar corporation. When I worked for Chick-fil-A for about 12 years, I'm I'm thankful and I'm grateful for the time God had me there to prepare me for the avenues in life that God has led me to. I was there for training. They flew me to Atlanta for training uh, one uh, year. I believe I was 20 years old, 19 years old at the time, 20 or 19. And they give you a tour. They kind of start things out at the headquarters in Atlanta. It's in this wooded area. It's not in the city as you would think uh, some big headquarters would be. It's actually in a kind of a remote wooden area. Uh, you pass a Vander Holyfield's mansion on the right, and you go down a little ways and go back to this six-story facility as, as Chick-fil-A headquarters. You ever go to Atlanta on a vacation? It's a great, great thing to do to take a tour of this. They take you on a tour, and they take you up to the sixth floor, and they show you Truett Cathy's office. You know, you sit in this chair, you, you take a picture, and, and this was back when Truett Cathy was still living, still at the office uh, quite a bit. And they take you out onto this, um, his patio that overlooks the wooded area, and there's the rocking chair, and, and that's where the receptionist then tells you that that's where Mr. Kathy prays for about an hour every morning. You see, when he passed in 2014, people associate Truett Kathy with the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich, of course, but at his funeral, what was more noted and what Truett Cathy was most known for was his kindness, his humility, his love for God, and his love for people. Truett Cathy's life verse is the verse that God has led me to this morning that has always stuck with me as it was shared with me as I learned about who he was. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 1, what does it say? A good name is to be more desired than great wealth. Favor is better than silver or gold. A good name is of higher value than great riches. You know, I read that this week and I just stopped and I said, wow. A good name is of higher value than great riches. 
And in this one verse, we see how. How can we have a good name? I believe this verse teaches us three important lessons that I want us to look at this morning. It's nice to have all of our young people with us today, and I encourage all the young people, especially pay attention to this verse. Uh, because I, I think we all would say that this is verse is contrary to what the world teaches you about uh, what it means to have a good name. I want you to notice, number one, we see that it teaches us about the reality of a good name. We see the reality of a good name. Now think with me really quick about how valuable reputation is in one's life. How valuable is reputation? There's more that hangs on reputation than we would think. Now consider this just for a moment. Let's think of some names that we, some popular names that we know, whether it be a person or a company. We think of names like Nike. We think of names like Under Armour and Adidas and Hoka, Brooks and Asics and etc. What do all those names have in common? Well, they're all shoe brands. Now, if money's not a concern for anybody in this room, we may would, uh, you know, let's ask the question, which would we choose? If money's not a concern. And why would you choose or make the selection that you make? More than anything, it's because one of all of those names have a reputation. All of those companies have a reputation. Reputation means something. What they mean more than anything else is that you can trust one product more than the other. They all boast this. One product will be reliable, trustworthy, and the other is going to either let you down or you're not going to get your money's worth out of it. Reputation means something. Anybody who's thinking through the process while we make the decisions we make is on the reputation of what it is we are about to decide. Now, the reality is the Bible tells us for each individual person that a reputation, your reputation, is something you choose. Your reputation is something that you choose. It's not just something that's pinned on us at birth or when we go to school. It's something that we choose. Our text again says a good name is to be more desired. It may be translated in some of your Bibles. It's it's chosen, to be chosen than great riches. You see, all through life, young people, all through life, you're choosing the reputation that you're going to carry the rest of your life. You are choosing your reputation. Now, let's think about our names for a second. Let's think about your name for a second. Because certainly more than just the brand of products we buy have a reputation, our names have a reputation. Your name has a reputation attached to it. And that reputation has been established as a result of words and actions and decisions and behavior and attitude that you have. So we have to ask, what's your reputation? What's the reputation that you live with each day? What your name means to other people depends on the kind of name that you have chosen to have. It was said each person's destiny is not a matter of chance, it's a matter of choice. It's determined by what we say, what we do, and whom we trust. I think the question we got to consider today is we think from the outset, when people think of my name, what is the reputation they attach to it? What is the reputation they attach to it? If a good name is rather to be chosen or desired than great riches, what is my reputation? The reality is we have to choose. I want you to notice, secondly, the responsibility of a good name. 
the responsibility of a good name. The question that comes to mind as I read this is, how does one establish a good name, a good reputation? And the responsibility is, is that it's something that has to be built or developed as we give heed to the important issues of life. What we are talking about here more than anything else is the good character of a man or woman. How many believe that a Christian should live with good character? A Christian should live uh, with a good uh, rapport amongst those without. Uh, Good character is not an accident. It's something that we commit ourselves uh, to through the difficult seasons of life, through the good seasons of life, um, the painful seasons, the, uh, the comforting seasons. We decide that we are going to have a good character. It's something we commit ourselves to. Think about some of the things that build good character with me. First of all, good character is a product of consistently righteous behavior. Good character is a product of consistently righteous behavior. See, there's great value for all of us here this morning, every man, woman, teenager, child, to being a person who is continually being found doing the right thing. Someone of character just simply seeks to do what's right. Hey, you still believe there is right and wrong today, don't you? You see, we live in a world where there's, there is, it's all murky now. It's all gray. Uh, you choose what's right for you, I choose what's right for me. That's nonsense. There's right, there's black and white still. There's right and there's wrong. And a person of character seeks to do what is right. And commits themselves to that. We have a powerful example in the Old Testament of a young man who decided to do what was right, and his name was Daniel. He committed himself to doing what was right. Daniel 6.10, it says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since the early uh, days. Even though his life was threatened because of his commitment to Christ, to his faith, he still did what was right, even though he knew it could mean his life. David was a, or Daniel rather was a young man of character. One of the great dangers we face in the Christian life is that we would be fair-weather Christians only operating and doing what's right when it's convenient for us. We tend to only uh, uh, be spiritual in, in certain different settings. You know, I was talking to the young people this morning. Uh, what are the greatest hindrances to teenagers um, embracing Christianity? And getting excited about Christianity. I'll just give you the rules from our Sunday school class this morning. One was, is rules. That Christianity is a bunch of rules. Um, I believe unintentionally in the church, we have helped create that mentality. That Christianity is nothing more than a bunch of do's and don'ts. How many understand Christianity is more than rules? It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. How many understand that this morning? And we've got to do a better job conveying that. Um, So we talked about that a little bit. Rules. Um, you, You have to change your life. That was one answer that was given. Uh, as to why teenagers seem to reject Christianity. You have to change your life. And I helped uh, help understand, helped us try to understand today that, well, when we give our life to Jesus, it's not us that does the changing, it's Jesus that does the changing. Um, because that involves a lot of self-effort to try to change everything about me. Um, uh, another answer that was given was commitment. We talked about why today it's so hard for people to commit to things in their life of faith. Um, And we live in a society, a culture, a church age that lacks commitment. People don't want to commit to anything because it requires too much of them. And and these are some things we talked about. See, Daniel was a young man who had committed his life uh, to doing what was right, even when his life was under attack and even when he knew it could mean his life. Look, one of the great dangers we face 
that we'd only be fair-weather Christians. The last thing we talked about with our young people this morning was that often I hear is the attitude of hypocrisy. They see how people who behave, who claim to be Christians, they see how they act at school. They hear what their parents say and how their parents, they see how their parents act at church, and then they see how they act on the day-to-day, and it turns them off to Christianity. Daniel was one who did what was right, even when it was not convenient, when nobody was looking, he did what was right. When everyone was against him, he did what was right. Good character is the product of constantly doing, consistently doing what is right. Matthew 24 says this, Who then is faithful, a faithful and wise servant, whom his master made ruler over his household, to give them food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Good character is consistently doing what is right, but it's also good character is consistently not giving in to the sinful nature, not giving in to what our flesh desires for us to do. It doesn't give in to the appetites of the flesh. The main reason why people, think about this, I can think about this in my own life, the main reason why people don't stick to diets is because of the fact that powerful appetites have been developed throughout our lifestyles. Look at me. Y'all know me, I... I love Krispy Kreme donuts. Hey, did y'all hear that Krispy Kreme's possibly coming to Lincoln? Did y'all hear that? I don't know. I haven't verified it. I haven't verified it, but my hopes are up. <laughs> we develop power. Hey, man, we develop powerful appetites throughout our lifetime of different stuff, and that's why it's so hard when we seek to look. I'm just, I'm just complete transparency. Six, seven, eight months ago, the Lord convicted me over health things in my own life. There was conviction there. You do realize there's a point where you get to in your life, it's sinful to put certain things in your body. It is. And we don't talk enough about that. And, and a lot of pastors need, to, need to, to search, like I did, search their own heart and stuff. God convicted me over this stuff. There are appetites we develop throughout our life to make it so hard to be healthy and to, to do what's right for our, for our bodies, this temple that God has given us. And sometimes it's those appetites that sabotage the efforts we have to be healthier and the same is true spiritually. We have these fleshly appetites from birth. And we have them for carnal and questionable and unsavory and sinful things that happen or that we enjoy. And, and we often yield to those things. Look, a person of character consistently does what's right and consistently says no to the fleshly appetites that like to tempt them. Look, if you want to build good character, you're going to have to deal with your appetites. Look, remember, good character is a result of right living. Good character comes by being a man or woman, listen to me, that can't be bought. Comes by being a man or woman that can't be bought. It has been suggested that Judas was probably the treasure because he was the best suited to take care of the finances. Think about that. The one who betrayed Christ. He was the treasurer of the group. There was no question about his ability. The question with Judas was about his integrity. Because he was a man, you know how the story goes, who could be bought. He betrayed Christ for money. Matthew 26, 15, and they counted out to him 30 pieces of silver. Now here it is. Good character comes by consistently choosing to do what's right. Comes by consistently choosing to say no to what's wrong, to the fleshly appetites. And then good character comes. Listen, hey, isn't this just a, a, a lost concept today? Good character comes by honesty comes by honesty. You do realize we're in a culture today that conditions us to lie, to be dishonest 
about everything. Do you find it easy to be dishonest and tell a lie and to tell somebody something that's not true, something that's half true? By the way, let's just say it. Um, Half truth is a complete lie. Yeah. We're conditioned to be dishonest in our culture. Good character is developed by honesty. See, a man or woman of good character is not always shading the truth with deception. They're not always hiding stuff from people so they, for fear of getting caught. Hey, you know, isn't it a great feeling to live with the freedom that I don't have anything hidden? Somebody say hallelujah to that. I'll tell you, those of you in here today that are hiding stuff from everybody in your life, your parents, your spouse, or whoever the case may be, man, you're in bondage. You, you live a miserable existence right now. Hey, how many understand there's great freedom in owning it when I mess up? Hey, one of the greatest things I've learned to do in my life is to look at my wife and say, Honey, I'm sorry. I was wrong. That's liberating. That's wonderful. That leads to great relationship in the home. She does the same with me. Now, I'm always more wrong than she is. But it's liberating to be able to look at your kids. You know, I've just been children who've told me they've never heard their parents say the word sorry to them. But they were sorry. It's liberating to be able to look at my kids and own it when I'm wrong. It builds my relationship with them because they recognize, you know what, Daddy doesn't think he's perfect. Daddy recognizes he's wrong at times too. Because I'm teaching my kids to look, when you mess up, own it. Be honest. I tell them all the time, I can handle honesty. I can't, you know, lying is something that I, ha- I have to deal with harshly. I have to deal with swiftly and correct that. Because, uh, you know, you're trying to hide things, and I hate finding out from somebody else something that's going on when you could have just been honest with me. Honesty builds good character. Learn to be honest. Hey, how about how many believe that saying what you mean is a great thing? How about meaning what you say? That's a great thing. How about doing what you say you're going to do? That builds character. Well, that's convicting. Many times I've had to go back, I'm sorry, I failed to make that happen. I quit using the excuse I forgot. I'm trying to quit and I'm continually trying to forget. I mean, I, I know we forget stuff. I know that happens. But in my life, saying I forgot was an easy out. And I learned to say, no, I didn't forget. I just failed to do it. To be honest. See, good character comes by honesty. See, we need to realize that there's no substitute for truth-telling. If you lie or deceive, how many understand when somebody lies to you, do you trust them? No. That trust has to be regained, and sometimes that takes a long time. When somebody lies to you, trust is broken. Young people, listen to me. When you lie to somebody, there's trust that's broken in that relationship. And you've got to understand, look, that's a terrible reality when we seek to lie and be dishonest. Things can be avoided if we're honest on the front end rather than things getting found out. Good character comes by honesty. Some may have to discover one day that because of such a history of lying that people are no longer willing to trust them. Can I ask you, where does lying come from? It comes from the devil. Satan's the father of lies. And that's why he wants to breed deception in our own lives and, and lead us to be deceptive in our behaviors and our actions, the things that we say. One thing is certain about the making of good character is that it takes time. 
of consistently doing the right thing, consistently saying no to what is wrong, consistently being honest. It takes time. And over time, you learn and your reputation is built and people learn to trust and recognize you as a person of character. I want you to notice number three this morning and lastly, we see the responsibility of a good name. We saw the reality. The reality we have to choose. It's a decision everybody makes. The responsibility is, is it takes time. We need to develop good character over time. But then number three and lastly this morning, we see the rewards of a good name. The rewards of a good name. I like what one person said. They said, if you want to make a sound investment that won't let you down, invest in a good name. Invest in developing a good name. Because if Proverbs 22.1 is true, and I believe we believe it is, amen, it's the Word of God, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Now think about that statement. It doesn't matter how wealthy any person is in this room, that's not, that doesn't give you a good reputation. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. In fact, the one who had the greatest reputation of all time, Jesus Christ, came from humble beginnings. Sometimes had nowhere to lay his head. So if you want to make an investment that won't let you down, invest in a good name. Because there's many investments in life that are simply going to let you down. You see, just a few percentage points uh, in interest rates can spoil great investments. Can mess up one's retirement. Things can go in a downward spiral very, very quickly. Many have learned that through the years. We're often let down by the investments we make. But here's an investment that the Bible says will not let us down, and that is a good name. It yields great rewards. It brings about great uh, benefits in our lives. If you'll invest in a good name, one day you will find, listen to this, that it will open you doors that money can never buy you. There will be a day, now listen, when, you, when your reputation will get you things that money can't buy you. That's what the Bible says. Our text again says a good name is more to be more desired than great wealth. Favor is better than silver or gold. Think with me about a man in the Old Testament named Joseph and how his character elevated him in the eyes of the world and took him to places where God used him mightily for his glory. Joseph was a man who could be trusted. He was a man of character. A man who consistently did what was right and consistently refused what was wrong. You remember Potiphar's wife was after him because he was attractive. She wanted him. He ran away and suffered the consequences for doing what is right. How many understand sometimes when you do what's right, it'll still get you in trouble? Joseph was a trustworthy man and elevated him to a position of great authority. Powerful office in his day. The reins of all the resources and wealth of Egypt were put into his hands because he was a man who could be trusted. Who knows what doors might be open for the men and women, the young people in this room, if they would simply choose, I'm going to commit my life to having a good name. I'm going to commit my life to being a person of character that God can use. I'm going to be someone who can be trusted, who can be counted on, who's honest, who has integrity.
Now think about this statement. Salvation is ultimately the investment, the ongoing investment in a good name. One day, think about it, your name is going to open heaven's doors. Your name is going to open heaven's doors. In Revelation 21, 27, it says, There shall by no means enter in anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those, watch, who are written in the Lamb's book of life. You see, it's not just a one-time decision of believing in Jesus. I think through the years, churches have been great at getting decisions. But not conversions. It's not a one-time decision of just believing in Jesus as Lord and Savior, but the investment of trusting in Christ, living your life His way, allowing Him to have His way, be in control. It's believing that leads to behavior that honors God. You see, one day your name's going to open the doors of heaven. Hey, I'm thankful today that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I hope yours is. See, ultimately a good name is only developed as we trust Christ. As we allow Him to have His way in our lives, as we yield control to Him. Hey, look, there's no greater freedom or liberty in this life than to let Jesus be in complete control of everything that goes on in my life. My attitude, my actions, the things I say, the things I buy, the places I go. Look, Jesus is liberating. The world is enslaving. Hey, can I tell you something this morning? You may know this, but you need to say it. In fact, you know what? Look at your neighbor and say this. Jesus loves you more than anybody else does. Say it to him. Go ahead. More than anybody else. Now, may we never take for granted the great love our God has for each one of us in this room. He loved us so much, He gave Jesus to die on the cross for all the sins for every person in this room, every person that's ever been born. Hey, isn't that something we should rejoice in every day of our lives? And that's where a good name begins. Living a life of character and purpose and integrity is only found when we trust Christ. And let Him have His way. Let Him use us for His glory. Look, He loves us. And I'm motivated every day by His love for me to serve Him, make a difference for Him. I'm motivated. That's the motivating factor to be a man of character, to be a man that people can trust. It's because Jesus loves me. That's what motivates me to own it when I mess up. Because I know Jesus loves me. And I want to be that person that owns it when they're wrong. That doesn't make excuses. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. Favor is better than silver or gold. I want to invite you this morning to stand to your feet. I want to ask you as you stand. What's your reputation? What is the name? The name that you live with, what is your reputation? Some may say this morning, you know what, I don't know that I have a great reputation. Hey, look, I may have messed up in my marriage. I may have messed up with my kids. I may have messed up today and had an attitude I shouldn't have had or said something I shouldn't have said. And there's that stain on my reputation. Hey, aren't you thankful all that can change in a moment with the grace of God? Hey, look, own it with your wife, own it with your kids. Hey, I messed up. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said what I said. I shouldn't have treated you the way I treated you. God, I'm sorry. I haven't been living for you like I should. Own it. I haven't been living for you like I should. Look, your reputation may not be the best right now, but with the decision you make, it can change. And you can be that person that God wants you to be with His help as you trust Him. Look, a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches.
May God help us to live with a good name. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word, Lord, the, the teaching of this verse this morning, the challenge. God, I'll be the first to say today, God, I know there are, there are attitudes and actions, God, that I have in my own life that I have to repent of. And God, that I know, God, that that, uh, that can damage my testimony and, God, who I am. And, Lord, I want to be guarded from those things. I want to be sensitive to those things. And, God, I just pray today that you would reveal anything in us, every man, woman, child, teenager that's here this morning, that you would reveal anything in us today, God, that, that damages our good name. And, Father, help us, Father, to live with character, with integrity. God, help us to yield control of our lives to you. God, truly we know that meaning and purpose is only found, God, as we yield and surrender to you. Uh, the world says they offer a lot and they, they seek to offer a lot and they try to, to entice us with their many um, things and that they think or, or say will bring fulfillment. And, but God, we've seen today that a good name is to be more desired, God, than great riches. I said, Father, help us to live with this truth and to embrace the truth of this verse today. Help us to choose a good name. God, help us to be responsible and develop that good name. And God, one day we long and we look forward to the day we experience the ultimate reward, heaven, because of who we've trusted, the name we've trusted in, Jesus Christ. But God will also experience the rewards that this life, in this life, the blessings that, that comes with having a good name, a name that honors you. Father, we love you. In Jesus' name, we pray all these things. As Brother Eric leads us this morning, God, I just want to invite you to trust Jesus in this moment. If you don't know you're saved, I just want to invite you to be saved. I quit trying to do things your own way and, and live life and figure things out on your own. Today, you'll never figure it all out. You never will, but you can trust the one who's in complete control. He died for you. He died for all your sins on the cross. He loves you. He longs to save you today. Would you simply right now in this moment, would you just acknowledge, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm sorry. I know I've done wrong. I know that Jesus died for my sin, and right now I'm trusting what Jesus did for me. I'm calling on Jesus right now to save me and forgive me. I invite you now to be my Lord. Would you pray that today? If you mean that, if you mean it from your heart, God will save you. He says, whoever calls on his name, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Would you call on the Lord now if you don't know Christ? So we have a time of reflection this morning for the Christian. What's your reputation? When people hear your name, what, what comes to mind? Today, would you ask the Lord's, ask for the Lord's help? developing a good name and living with character and integrity and honesty because a good name is to be more desired than great riches may God help us as believers as his children to be people who live with a good name Father help us in this moment of reflection speak to our hearts in Jesus name Amen the altar is open if you feel led to come as Brother Eric said Just as I am.